Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. This is indeed The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and thanks for joining me today here on this Thursday of the fourth week of Easter. Can you believe tomorrow is the last day of April? We're already past the April showers and uh, heading towards the May flowers. Now, as we begin the show today, let me ask, do you remember when you got your very first cell phone? And before asking that question, as I was thinking about that uh, earlier this morning, I said, well, there might be a decent section of the U.S. population that still doesn't own a cell phone for whatever reason. But I looked up a survey done at the beginning of this year of 2021, and it was done by Pew Research. Almost all Americans, 97 percent of Americans, uh, adults, own a cell phone. So the odds are extremely good that if you're listening to me right now, you have a cell phone. So Back to that question, when did you get your first one? Now, I remember when I first really saw cell phones being used as kind of this crucial prop on television. And it was when I started watching The X-Files in that show. The two main characters, they're FBI agents, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. And they'd regularly be in communication from different locations by way of their cell phones. And they seemed so cool, the, you know, this, this option to be able to be in that communication. They were busy. They were on the go. They didn't need to stop at a payphone. They didn't need to come back to the office to meet in person. They could just keep going on whatever trail they were after, whatever they were following, but feed the other person new information to help with the case that they're on. All that while they're still on the go. Now, as I've gotten older, I actually find myself occasionally longing for that time before cell phones. And I really do like having my phone. I I like where I can be in contact with my wife or my older kids. We can update each other on changes in plans or something that's come up in our schedule. If something urgent does come up, we can let the other person know. But I do set my phone to silent or to vibrate mode quite often. I, I think more often the older I get, it's nice to give myself some space from always being connected to everyone. My favorite album from Billy Joel is one called The Stranger. And on that album, a lot of great songs. But amidst all those good songs, he starts the second side of the record with a song with a track called Vienna. And my favorite line from that song, it says, Slow down, you crazy child. Take the phone off the hook and disappear for a while. It's all right. You can afford to lose a day or two. Now, do you remember when you could actually take the phone off the hook? If so, well, like me, you're kind of dating yourself. But there's some great advice in that song, right? Slow down occasionally. Take a day or two. Give yourself some time to unplug. When was the last time that you actually did that in your own life? When, when did you just enjoy being quiet, enjoy the silence of the moment? Well, that's what we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life, making that time for silence 
And not necessarily just once or twice a year, but making that regular time for silence, making that silence a regular part of our lives. And not just for silence's sake, but also so that we have that time to reflect on our relationship with God, to, to allow ourselves to grow deeper in relationship with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ, the Son, the second person of the Trinity, with the Holy Spirit and the way that he's working in our lives. So how have you been able to create that quiet space in your life? And how has it helped you to hear what God is saying to you? Well, we're going to look at this topic of silence today with Father Michael Hurley, one of our regular spiritual directors here on The Inner Life. He's a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California, and the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Uh, Father Michael, so glad to have you back here on the program today. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hey, Josh, I can't be more excited to speak extensively and loquaciously about silence. Oh, good good word choice there as we start off. I like that. Well, as as we get into this topic, uh, first of all, I think it would just be good to start off and ask the why question. Why is silence important for our interior life, for our spiritual growth? Why do we need that silence in our life? Sure. No, no silence is the language of the soul, you might say. Um, We often think of silence as simply the absence of using words or communicating, but it truly is the condition, to use a philosophical phrase, the condition of the possibility to talk with God. In order to have any kind of communication uh, in in terms of our relationship with God, there has to presuppose a sense of quietude in our mind and our heart. And so if prayer is essential to our relationship with God and to being able to receive his love and be his love, then silence is a constitutive essential part of it. But as we know, that's, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. We, we, cell phones are not. We, we, we find it difficult to, uh, to, um, to be silent. Yeah, I I actually heard somebody talking about how cell phones, the different colors that the apps use, the way that they're made, that it actually is, it's meant to stimulate, you know, your brain to always want to plug back into that phone, to pick it up, to have that kind of Pavlovian response that, oh, I'm missing something. I need to go back to that. Um, So I've heard people talk about actually uh, making everything gray tones on your phone to get the color out of there so it makes it that less addictive, less, um, you know, making you respond to it rather than you just using it as, as a tool when you're ready for it. Um, but like I said, we want to talk about silence here also, not just for the sake of silence. You mentioned prayer. If prayer is beneficial, if it's necessary, then we need to make those times for silence. So when I am alone in silence, What do you recommend for that time? Uh, Should we meditate on something, maybe from Scripture? Should we reflect on Jesus' sacrificial love for us, or maybe different points in our Lord's life, like when we pray the rosary? Yeah, no, there's so many different techniques and ways in which we might try to cultivate that inner science, but I think just even to start out, we just have to admit it's it's not easy, (laughs) right? It's not easy to do, and to have, whenever we set out to do something, we, we need a uh, kind of set our expectations so that we're not easily daunted or we might uh, have kind of a plan or a strategy. Um, I, it's interesting you, you mentioned cell phones in terms of uh, you kind of being uh, sources of distraction. Uh, 400 years before cell phones were invented, <laughs> the philosopher Pascal said that all humanity's problems are rooted in the fact that, that 
someone can't sit alone in a room for five minutes. That's from his pensées. So, I mean, the, the, the crisis of cell phones or distractions that we find around us certainly perhaps exacerbate something, but it goes to a more fundamental uh, human dis-ease with simply being quiet, being silent. There's something in human nature that wants stimulus, that seeks stimulus. And this is a good thing. We're, we're creatures that interact with the, with the exterior world. But there's something, I think it frankly comes from original sin, that puts us at dis-ease with just being, in a sense, quiet and kind of with ourselves, first of all. You, you mentioned uh, the, uh, the Billy Joel album, uh, The Stranger in the Second Side Vienna, the, the titular song there, Stranger, is all about, frankly, our inability to put on, to be ourselves and putting on masks and not knowing ourselves in that way. And silence forces us, first and foremost, uh, to uh, face ourselves, face our own limitations, uh, but also to open ourselves up to strength beyond ourselves. And God. So I think the first thing to say is that to notice that Silence is not our default kind of human instinct. And this goes all the way back to our own sense of the separation we have from God through our Adam and Eve and our original parents. But that we need to, therefore, uh, there's a kind of grace that's, that's required and a, a kind of strategic um, uh, kind of ways of entering into silence that are essential for, for our prayer life. So when you're talking about that strategic ways of approaching that silence, can you give some examples? Oh, absolutely. So I would say there's three kind of, uh, if you want to be strategic about silence, you have to, I would say there's three practical things you can do. And there, I think there are three stages that you might notice about yourself. So the, in terms of just practical things, you, you have to pick a time of day when silence is going to be more either natural or easier for you to slip into. <laughs> so sometimes for myself, I'll just give myself, when, it's, when it comes to uh, finding time for silence, as a Dominican, we preach. And so we tend to use a lot of words, and that can be their liturgical preaching or preaching in various uh, ways. But our motto is to uh, contemplate, that is to be silent and to be in God's presence. And then our preaching flows from that. So it doesn't start with preaching, it starts with silence. And that our preaching is the fruit of that. And so for myself, I find that morning is the, the best time to, in a sense, uh, contemplate. Uh, and so I, I say my rosary in the morning. Uh, I often uh, will take quiet time either in our chapel. We have a house chapel, probably chapel here, or just in my room, or just find a, pl- a time that's going to be more naturally where I'm going to have space and I, the phone's not going to be ringing. I'm not going to be distracted. You have to find that time. Secondly, you have to find a, a particular place. As, as human beings, uh, we associate uh, and are connected by just our kind of surroundings, our context. And so especially if you, um, not, not, not all, of, all of us have the, have the, uh, the privilege as I do to, to live where um, the Blessed Sacrament is, li- is literally five steps away from where I sleep. Um, but we have to find places even in our houses, even in the places where we dwell. And this is what makes a, a, a home a home, not just a house, not just a living quarters, a place in our home where we can naturally have some silence, where there's not cell phones and distractions and, or, or maybe, it, maybe it means even, you know, I'm here in San Francisco, it means kind of getting out of the little apartment we may be in and going up to uh, the park or going to a place of, that's going to cultivate some quietude. And so we've got to find a, a particular place or a space that's going to give us every chance of success. And then we have to 
in a sense, establish that habit. We've got to make it a routine. We've got to find a particular time, a particular place, and whether or not we're successful. And I would say it takes, from my experience, it it takes time. (laughs) It really takes time to be able to cultivate this kind of thing, um, to make it a routine over and over again. As as a priest, I I go on a a retreat every year, whereas as priest, there's a canonical responsibility to do that. But Stephen, for our own health, taking a retreat, and I would say it probably takes, and if I go on a silent, mostly silent retreat, you know, presenting from saying mass and, and other things in terms of vital communication, but basically a silent retreat, I tend to, it takes about two or three days to really have my whole energy and my inner voice and everything really get to a place where it really kind of, yeah, kind of eases and you're able to be more available, open, and uh, receptive uh, to what the Lord wants to say to your heart. So, so not only with our daily kinds of silence, I think there, there are moments in our lives where we need to truly make space and carve out time uh, to have a more extensive uh, um, availability to God's, God's voice in our lives. So those are the three kind of practical things, time, place, and routine. And then I think there are three kind of stages to a sense of silence. And the first is, uh, we can just look to the scriptures. The, the Psalms talk about this in, in rich detail. So there's the first step, which is to simply stop verbally speaking, stop interacting with the outside world. And I take this as being a, almost a matter of faith, where the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God, right? So there needs to be some kind of disconnect or a kind of retreat from the outside world in that, in so far as then we are able to connect with he who, in a sense, created all of uh, the exterior world and even our heart and soul. And so we just got to have to kind of just have a discipline to stop that. The next is, the next step, though, is to cultivate perhaps that, the, that inner dialogue that we know so well. So, you know, as we can be physically silent or at least externally silent, but we can have a thousand thoughts racing through our heads and, and kind of like going, what am I doing next? And what am I having for lunch? And what's, what's this next meeting going to bring me to? And you could just sit silently and to all uh, intents and purposes looking like you're not doing anything, but your mind could be going a mile a minute. And that's not the most constructive thing. I mean, there's, there's a need for that, but when we're talking about uh, true prayer and contemplation, we want to have a certain discipline around that. So there's an art to doing that, to kind of allowing ourselves to kind of, if you will, kind of flush out the system, <laughs> sort of kind of let those things go. We don't, I, I don't, for myself, I don't naturally try to like stop those things. I say, okay, I'm going to let, I'm going to give my, my time space and time to let those things kind of filter out of me, <laughs> especially coordinating with your breathing or perhaps a, a prayer or a code word. Or the, the, the divine mercy is, is one I've been using recently. Jesus, I trust in you, just allowing the Lord to do and noticing from the psalm that says, uh, wait for the Lord in silence for our hope is in him. So that, that silence cultivates not just exterior silence, but inner silence cultivates that sense of hope or trust in the Lord. And so to kind of marshal those sense, that interior dialogue, which leads to uh, that state of simply just I don't know, openness. Uh, and this is where we get the word contemplation. As the psalmist says, this is what the psalmist says, David says, there's one thing I ask of the Lord. This I seek, right? So he's, he's naming his biggest one. This is his heart's greatest desire. It's all of our heart's greatest desire. It's why God made us. And what is it? to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze upon the loveliness of his temple, and to contemplate that temple. The word contemplation simply means to gaze or observe, and it's related to the word for temple, that place where we come and, and we're in the presence of the divine, and we're open to that still small voice that Elijah 
uh, speaks about when the Lord speaks to his heart. So those are some practical things, time, place, routine, and then a kind of flow, which kind of helps us to stop the exterior voice, helps to marshal and, and channel even the interior dialogue to a place of quietude, and then finally a kind of openness to hear what the Lord has to say, the movements of the, of the heart and soul. Our spiritual director today is Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And we're talking about finding that time for silence in our lives. How have you been able to create that quiet space in your life? Has it helped you to hear what God is saying to you? Maybe you're struggling, trying to find that time, those quiet moments in your life. Our studio line is open right now. You can call and share what you're going through trying to find that silent time or how you've been successful in being able to find those moments for silence for that interior prayer life. Uh, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149 is the studio line, or you can email innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll continue the conversation right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Bringing Christ to the world through the media, here's another miracle moment on Relevant Radio. Good morning. I just want to say thanks to uh, Relevant Radio. Uh, my sister died in the state of grace um, She uh, contracted something that came very quickly, and uh, I was able to be with her and sit with her. And and because of Relevant Radio, I had the courage to bring it up. She had left the church almost for 30 years. Uh, Both of us were raised in foster care, and we were both raised Catholic. And uh, because of you, I was able to open that conversation up. And she was in agreement, and she had her last rites of priest, and I know was able to come. and I'm so happy and thrilled about that. And I think it's going to help me a lot through this grieving process. May she rest in peace. What a beautiful story, Mark. How has Relevant Radio impacted your life? Make a tax-deductible donation now on the Relevant Radio website or app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And we're talking about making those times in our life for silence, especially making it a regular part of our routine. And uh, Father Michael ended up talking about those three different um, just practical considerations that we need to make when we're looking at making that room for silence in our lives. We have to choose a time of day. We have to make it a specific place. And we want to make it a habit, a routine that we get into. And how have you found that time for silence in your life? What has helped you be able to establish that specific time of day, that place where you can have that silent time for prayer? And what helped you make it a habit? I know in my own life, 
Um, I, I've, I've experienced all of those things. We'd love to hear how it's worked for you. 888-914-9149 is the studio line. 888-914-9149. And Father Michael, as you were going through those, I, I thought back to when I, I always had the best of intentions after coming into the church to pray the rosary every single day. But it wasn't until I finally said, okay, you know, I've got this need that I want to pray for. I've got a long time. It's not something that I'm turning to God and saying, I need this right now. You know, it's it's not something happening tomorrow or next week. And so I'd heard about a 54-day rosary novena where you end up praying the first half, asking for the intention, and then you pray the second half of those 54 days where you are then giving thanks for whatever answer you receive on that. And uh, having that that kind of nudge every single day that I want to continue doing this novena, um, just like we started the show here today, you know, we, we have that St. Joseph novena going on. When you make that kind of appointment for yourself, uh, my experience was after that, well, yeah, of course I want to continue this. And so I would get up early before everybody else in our house, and I would have that time by myself, be able to pray through the rosary and offer that for that specific intention I was praying for. But after I was done with the 54 days, I said, I enjoyed this so much, there's no way I want to give it up. And over the course of the next year, that first year as I was praying the rosary, I found if I accidentally missed a day, you know, for whatever reason, maybe I was sick and I didn't wake up early or, you know, I got one of the kids woke up and they stopped me, you know, maybe before I got into being able to pray, whatever the case might be. If I missed that day, I felt it. I noticed it. And I said, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to miss that. And so as you're talking about making it a routine or making it a, a habitual appointment there, um, have you experienced that in your own life too, where if you miss it, then all of a sudden you've missed out on one of the best parts of your day that gets you, you know, it gets you started off on the right foot? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's like if you, if you, uh, if it, with anything else, when you're a r- routine of something, and you, for whatever reason, are taken out of that routine. It, it kind of we're, we're creatures of habit as, as human beings, so we're just we're like, oh, something's not right. Is it even just like eat? If you if you have a normal eating pattern or cycle, and you skip a meal or you miss something, you're like your body starts here, and you know, your stomach starts growling. You start to get a, a low grade headache, and you're like, hey, what's going on? What's going on here? It's a, there's a spiritual hunger that we have, and especially, particularly if we've made attempts and have built any little kind of momentum or movement towards the spiritual life uh, when we don't have it or when it's absent from us, we, we really are, our, our soul you know, it begins to let us know because we get anxious, we get fearful, we get disgruntled, we're easily frustrated. All those things are frankly a sign of a spiritual hunger that we're not feeding, a kind of spiritual thirst that we're not hydrating in. <laughs> so yeah, so absolutely, you, you feel it in, in your soul. And I, and I would say in terms of uh, having that habit to to know that there are some days where, and especially if, if, if for those of you who are who are you know perhaps have been successful but kind of like fallen back a little bit, to know that, that there are days when when prayer just uh, feels dry or doesn't feel very exciting, and there are days, especially when we're first starting out, once we get into a little bit of a flow, that it's going to be there's a sign of sweetness or a, a kind of uh, emotional and psychological. A bounce that we have to our day. And th- those things are equally 
uh, um, human, and but we shouldn't take them and confuse them with the sign of real spiritual presence of God's presence and fruit in our lives. Those are just some days. Some days we're feeling, and other days we just have to do. As, as we say, sometimes I, I the Lord, ha- I feel like the Lord has something to say to me. Sometimes I just have to say something. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I th- yeah, I think anybody who's married would, uh, you know, identify with that because you end up. I yeah. mean, there's some days my wife is annoyed with me, and there's other days where she thinks I'm the greatest person on the face of the earth. I, th- I think I think it's more of the latter than the former most of the time. But. Amen. <laughs> so uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about here, too, you talked about in the process that we go through yeah. of, uh, you know, stopping that, that noise from the outside world, uh, just making that interior quietness, having that openness to the contemplation, uh, the process there. It's so easy. You mentioned the distractions that can come up. And even when I am in silence with the best of intentions to take that time to be in the presence of God, um, you know, I, I just find my mind wandering to the things that maybe I need to do that day or thinking about something that, oh, I need to pick that up from the store or, or, or even just, hmm, I wonder what the weather's going to be tomorrow. You know, I mean, just things like that that just pop in and all of a sudden my mind goes off on this other track. Do you have any advice for limiting those distractions, helping to keep our focus in that time of silence? Absolutely. Three things here. You, you'll be surprised. I like three. I, I yeah, like yeah. This things. seems like a, a common thing with you, Father Michael. <laughs> this is my, and, and, and anyone who's heard me preach knows that I, I tend toward, this is St. Augustine. I get it from St. Augustine. He, he writes a book on the Trinity. He sees threes everywhere. <laughs> anyway, we're just teaching and, and pedagogy. But, but, but here's, here are three things that come to mind. First of all, to, uh, um, to acknowledge that we're going to have distractions. We're always looking for sensible feedback. We're human beings that have physical senses. And so I would say give yourself a kind of space and time to just let those kind of percolate out of you. So I, I do this too for like if I'm, if I'm feeling particularly fearful or anxious about something, about some, you know, a relationship or something I've got to do as pastor, anything, whatever it is in my life, I'll say, okay, rather than trying to use a lot of energy to kind of like put away that fear, I'm going to give myself five minutes and I'm just going to work through <laughs> what's the worst thing that could happen here? Or <laughs> like, well, where, where's the source of this fear? I'll just kind of let myself go with that, but I'll give myself a, a limit to that, right? You kind of say, okay, I'm going to take five minutes. So give yourself before you start into prayer as part of your prayer time, say, okay, I'm going to give myself what is five minutes and I'm going to think of everything that could possibly distract me in terms of what I'm hoping for, what I'm expecting, what I'm fearful about today, whatever it is, let's just get it out of my, get it out of our system, not fight it, but let it kind of flow out, right? <laughs> okay. And then once you've kind of done that, then you kind of let it flow. Now the second stage is now where am I going to focus? I'm going to put my energy now that I've kind of allowed myself. It's like you know, athletes, you know, you kind of warm up first, right? You kind of get the, get the juices flowing before you run the race, right? So, so you let yourself have a little warm-up time where you let go of, uh, you kind of go through the distractions you need to go through, but now you need to really focus in. And this is where, as you mentioned, the 54-day rosary, or it might be a novena, have some kind of uh, easy and or perhaps um, uh, practical prayer experience or focus that really kind of gets you going. So it's not a hard startup. So this is, as a Dominican, the number one uh, devotional prayer that the church gives us is, as you mentioned, the rosary. So this morning, I, in fact, I knew I was coming on the show today talking about silence. And what jumped out to me in praying my luminous mysteries this morning was that transfiguration where Peter, James, and John are just struck in awe and 
um, their their first instinct is silence. But of course, Peter has to open his big mouth and start talking about booze and tents and how to practically, as, as the scripture says, and that he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Right? Just we have this, this this kind of flow of of our mouth in, in 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 moments where the Lord wants to break in and reveal something to us. And so use the rosary, use some sort of um, devotional practice to kind of enter into that focus. And this could be perhaps music. Uh, you, we, we mentioned the uh, artist William Joel early, but, we, but we, we, we've got a higher sort of uh, prayer um, uh, uh, music or, or song through you know, uh, classical music, uh, the chant. This is why we pray. When we pray, we chant because it helps give that sense of bodily connection to open our minds. And so we, we have some kind of focus which um, opens up an interior dialogue, the rosary, saying those Hail Marys, either externally or interiorly, but that begins to get a inner sense of flow or dialogue. So first, let the flow go of our distraction. Secondly, focus, have a direct focus, and then really give yourself space to just simply let all of the words and everything kind of dissipate. I, I can't think of a better image than you kind of like in the midst, the midst of, 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 of that sensible or interior dialogue to just allow things to settle and allow the Lord to speak to our hearts, just to gaze at the Lord. I, I love there's that story of John Vianney. Of, uh, who oh, you're stealing my story because I was, I was just going to tell oh, this story. No, 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 no. no. no sorry, okay. You go ahead, Father. No, go You'll probably tell it better. No, I just... No, no, no. It's a famous story. Yeah, no, no. I, uh, but it's just, it's yeah. But it's just that gaze. I, I, I'll, I'll just get. I'll, I'll just say what I'm getting at. Sorry, you can judge that story. But it's, it's just that we sometimes we just we're in the presence of the one we love, and that's enough, right? That's not. You mentioned, you know, your own relationship with your wife, and you know, couples that have, and people in religious life who lived for many years together. When we get together and have a true kind of connection or intimacy, we don't have to say a lot of things. It's just enough to be in that person's presence. And so silence can be daunting because it requires at first a sense of isolation, but silence is a doorway that moves us from isolation and the illusion that we're connected through external stimulus, cell phones and all the rest, which is the most isolating thing we can do to move into true connection or intimacy. And that is, the intimacy of presence, the intimacy of the one who loves us, who created us. And so silence is the doorway which moves us from isolation into contemplation, into the full presence of God. Mm, I like that, from isolation to contemplation. And I will, I'll share the story then about uh, this one about St. John Vianney, but uh, I'll share that in a minute. You're, you're going to have to just keep on listening here for a minute as uh, we're having this conversation. Our spiritual director is Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. We're talking about finding that time in our lives for silence, and we're taking your calls at 8 Eight eight nine one four nine one four nine, and Margie is listening out in Atlanta. Hi, Margie. Welcome to the Inner Life today. Thank you very much. You're great to listen to. Um, I had a situation, and I have to go back a couple of years just to start as this thing, trying to be alone and being quiet and getting peace from the busy world. I had a birthday a couple of years ago, and I did not want to be around anybody. I didn't want to hear any birthday wishes. I just wanted to hear from God. You know, I was in this little spiritual place where it was just running, 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 and I couldn't hear anything. So I took myself to the beach, and I powered down. my. I went to Mass on my birthday, and I came 
soon as I got out, I powered down my phone for the rest of the day. I didn't want to hear any birthday, no, no chatter. I just wanted to hear what God wanted me to hear from him. And I had the most wonderful day. And the next morning, I went down on the beach about 7 a.m., and there had been a big storm the night before. It was a march. And I was down there all by myself. And I went to the, the, the water's edge, and I just started, I was just looking up at the clouds, and I was praising, and I was thanking uh, Father God for the God that I know, Jesus, uh, his son that I know and love, and the Holy Spirit who I adore. I was thanking them all three for themselves and for how they've been with me and how they've helped me through all my many years. And uh, when it was all over, I I just felt such peace. It was just, I felt, I told somebody, I felt like I had a toe in heaven. It was so peaceful. And then I started asking questions to him. Uh, I had had some issues with family stuff, and I and it was like he'd stop me right away and just say, oh, I got that, you know, this kind of thing. I walked away. I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I felt so loved. It was the most beautiful time for me. Now, shortly, I came back, and I tried to stay in that place. The world, of course, still was roaring around, and I had a ministry with my church, and it was very large, and, you know, lots of personalities and all that kind of stuff. And um, and then COVID came, and I had more peace and more joy and more, um, I just felt so but like Christ was right here. I have an old, um, it was probably my great-grandparents' um, crucifix. It's up on my kitchen wall, and I come down, and, uh, and <laughs> during the COVID time, it was just, it was like, hey, it's just you and me, Lord, you know. And I started feeding the birds outside, and it always brings me peace. And I could even come down sometimes when, you know, you get a li- you're getting a little bored with the whole thing. But I put the hand on, on the crucifix, say good morning, and, uh, and then I'd look out and there'd be some birds and I, I had a smile on my face. It was like the peace was just wonderful because there, everything was stopped and, uh, and you could just listen within. And um, it also gave me peace enough to let go of the ministry leadership which was something I had to get that piece from him in order to feel okay about that. And then I just, just yesterday, I noticed I've stopped a lot of chatter. I don't listen to the, have the radio and the television on, except for now that I'm listening to you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening a lot to we'll, you We'll all. give you a pass but, on that, Margie. You, you're okay to listen you, to us. You. Okay, I will, because you guys are really doing great work out here. I'm just so impressed. I'm a new listener, and I'm so impressed with you. My point was just yesterday, I had just low piano music in the background, and I just can let my thoughts go, and I thought, gee, this is what I've been looking for most of my life, this kind of peace. And I I felt like I've always trying to talk all my life, but, you know, and talking, but most of the time there's all this chatter in the middle of it. And I think it's one of those decisions, as of course you're saying, we have to make that decision for ourselves, we have to come to our time. To, to say we, it, sometimes the world has to just leave us alone and go back to the era where we, we could just sit and think. And we can't do it now because of everything else. So it has to be our decision. And for me, I've made that decision. And so I can come down the stairs. And yes, I still have to do a lot of stuff. But I start my day out with a prayer with my hand on that uh, crucifix, you know, with my hand on the feet, the, 
Christ, and I look out, and there are the birds. For me, that's nature is the way that I can uh, be at peace and quiet and have joy and speak to my Lord. And um, and I think, you know, so many people, of course, over all the centuries, always believe that God can talk to them more in uh, nature. You're kind of, if you're a nature person. And um, so... I, I also, I, I will put a challenge out there to people who are, suffer, you know, struggling with how can I disconnect, make yourself, go someplace you really enjoy, like the beach, like the mountains, someplace, and go by yourself and power down that phone and don't turn it on till the next morning and see what happens. Very good. Yeah, the world will still be turning, won't it, Margie? <laughs> it won't. I just don't want to get on anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I only get on when I absolutely have to. So, um, no. yeah, I think these these type of uh, also these type of station uh, programs that you're doing are uh, exactly what we all need. Is um, sometimes yeah. it might even give one permission, person permission to just power down or shut down or you know because I just felt like you know God was waiting for me to quiet down so He could talk to me. Absolutely. Yeah, and what would you what would you say gave you that sense to to to, to do that? What was the the, the tipping point to to to, uh, to just to turn powering down, as you said? Uh, this big old ministry with uh, you know hundred some odd people, and all the things that I'm doing, and I, and and there's something in, uh, you know, I'm in the generation where. Uh, yeah, you, you, well, they do it now too, but in the, from the 70s, you know, it was like, how many things can you get done in one day? And well, I only sleep four hours a night so I can do be more productive. And I guess I bought into that. And I always felt like, especially in our world, there's always somebody that needs help. There's always something that needs to be done. And so if you're a person that feels like you want to help or you want to do something, you want to make a difference, you push yourself constantly. And that's kind of like that monkey chatter that they talk about or something, the monkey mind. Um, so it's a decision that we as ourselves, we are enough. You know, God wants us to do certain things, but he doesn't want us, to, I don't think, I don't believe he wants us to drive ourselves crazy trying to do what all the world wants us to do. In fact, I think he's, I, I learned that Hey, Margie, I'm going to have to jump in here just because we're getting really low on time. But I do want to let uh, Father Michael respond to you very quickly before we have to uh, take our next break. Uh, Father Michael, uh, as I'm listening to Margie, it just kind of reminds me of somebody following kind of in the steps of St. Francis of Assisi. Oh, absolutely. And and in that sense of being able to, um, at a certain point in life, kind of disconnect from things and having that, that kind of grace that, that moved her there. And I just, just obviously the fruit that's come from that. It was it's interesting that I, I related to, um, it's kind of, I call it an Elijah moment. Elijah is very much the prophet. We know that story. He, he's, he's very much zealous for the Lord. He's interacting with the, with the, with the pagans and, and, and the, the false prophets. And the Lord calls him on this journey that cultivates silence, which leads him uh, to the mount where there's the storm and the fire and the wind, but he hears the Lord in the still small voice. And what happens? He's able to then go and to speak a word to Elisha, and he passes that ministry on. So it's only when Elijah is able to kind of stop and, and have the sense to be still that, and know that he's God, to hope in the Lord, that he's actually able to find the fullness of God's presence. Once again, silence is that way in which the doorway through which we enter into isolation 
in order to come to the fullness of contemplation, that is, that presence of God to speak to our hearts and to move us where God wills. And we are talking about looking for those times where we can find that space, that time for silence in our lives. We're talking with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and taking your calls at 888-914-9149. And we'll be back with more right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond along with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, talking about finding time for silence in our lives. And I had made reference uh, that Father Michael, he was about to steal a story that had come to my mind as well. And uh, we, you know, we laughed uh, at who was going to tell it, but I promised I would tell it. So that story, and I love this story, uh, St. John Vianney told about seeing this man who came into his church day after day. And this man would just sit there in the back, uh, the back pew of the church and looked like he wasn't doing anything. He was just sitting there doing nothing, maybe for an hour, maybe two or three hours, depending on the day. And after seeing this for several days, then John Vianney finally approached the man and asked him and said, what are you doing? It looks like you're just sitting here not doing anything. Are you praying? And the man just pointed up to the Blessed Sacrament and said, I look at him and he looks at me. And that story right there uh, for me, Father Michael, it's helped me in my own life just to be able to be content in simply being in the presence of Christ, not needing to always be saying something. You talked about how, you know, uh, if you're in a relationship with somebody, the longer you know them, the better you know them, the more at peace you are. You don't have to fill every moment with something, some spoken word. You can just be happy to be in their presence And so, I mean, you know, there's obviously plenty of times that I'll pray through and, you know, ask for different things from God. But there are those times, too, where I'm just happy to sit there. Silence. (laughs) And I I said the most brilliant thing, but (laughs) said the most brilliant thing, but now I forgot it. And now the world will never, never know. Yeah, (laughs) we'll never know. Anyway, no. So what I would say is that the, the deepest uh, desire of our human heart as expressed by the scriptures is to see the face of God. And in Christ Jesus, we have seen his face. And you think of Moses and all the rest that are trying to, you know, you can only see the backside of God or, or the, the different epiphanies and manifestations of, of the face of God. But we have been given the great gift of Jesus Christ who shows us the face of God. And in the sacrament, the Blessed Sacrament, which is that risen presence of Christ, His body, blood, soul, and divinity, we have the opportunity to be literally in the presence of our Creator, in the presence of us. So I, I don't think it's accidental that that story is not simply just being in God's presence, but being in the Eucharistic presence, being in the resurrected presence of Christ. And, and if, if anyone um, has a, wants to say, okay, how can I jumpstart my, the, my, the, the, my interior life of silence? There's no better way than to find yourself a chapel or a place of blessed sacrament or a place of 24 adoration and go 
and just spend five minutes. Give yourself the, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, and if you work through, if you power through, perhaps the distractions of of those first few days, you'll be drawn more and more, and in an hour will go by, and it'll be it'll be it'll be it'll be the fullness of presence. So that's my little fervorino for for Eucharistic adoration and the adoration of the Blessed Sacrament in particular. That's beautiful. Uh, Father Michael, let's go back to the phones. Maria is listening in Santa Ana, California. Hi, Maria. Welcome to The Inner Life today. How have you been able to find those uh, times for silence in your life? Thank you so much for taking my call. I just wanted to share this story. Um, Back in 1996, I was engaged to a wonderful man. We, they, I was the youth leader at our ministry, and we were offered to go out on a silent retreat in San Bernardino, those beautiful mountains over there, with the uh, Marian sisters of the Diocese of Orange. And we went, knowing me, they're like, oh, what are you going to do over there? You can't um, be quiet for one second. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. So... Um, my fiance dropped me off at the church, you know, and everything. And so we went over there. Well, it turns out that silence indeed is the door to God's real mm-hmm. presence. Out there in the mountains, I was looking. It was a moment where we had to all be alone and, you know, just kind of like contemplate. I was contemplated the huge trees. I sat down on the, on, on the dirt and contemplated the huge trees. The sky is so beautiful. And then all the little ants on the floor were like all lined up carrying things. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is just so perfect. And then all of a sudden I had this feeling of, of serenity. And it was so powerful that I like started crying. I started crying. I couldn't stop it. It was just like this, the sobbing and crying so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? Am I going crazy? I'm like, uh, make sure nobody sees me because we all had our own little area. I was just want to make sure that nobody was like next to me or something hiding behind another tree, <laughs> listening to me cry. And that passed. Okay, we all got together. We went back, and you know, we were we're having our our. Um, and hey, Maria, I'm going to just said, let you know we've only yeah. got about thirty seconds left here, but I want to let you finish uh, this story here. But can you can you please uh, just be as concise as you can so that Father Michael can uh, respond to you? Got it. Well, anyways, it turns out that after um, we got together, we prayed. Somebody prayed for um, the people that were dying at that moment. My my grandmother was sick, said that it was her. The next morning, I get a call um, at the at the retreat site that um, I needed to come home because there was an accident that happened, and that you know my fiance was sick in the hospital. At that moment, I knew it was that they told me that so that I wouldn't you know like you know be struck or whatever. So what happened is he was accidentally killed that night before he he. He was killed, and I'm telling you, this moment, it was just like I was able to help, uh, you know, the family. I was at peace and everything, but after three months, I went back to the Eucharist, and I told God, okay, I did everything the way you, you know, asked to do, but what happened? What's going on? What do we do here? And um, at that moment, you know, I was enlightening with with that we have free will and everything that we choose, even though we think that we don't affect people around us, it was, it was such a bad accident. And, and it was, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Everything we do affects everything around us as, as we are the body of Christ. So oh, our Father, life, um, our... I, I'm going to jump in here, Maria, just because, again, we're really short on time. But, Father, as Maria is sharing this story, just having that time for silence sounded like it, it really prepared her to be able to deal with some difficult moments in her life there. Absolutely. The reality is the Lord is always speaking to us, and He wants to prepare us. He wants to open our hearts to His will. And the question for us then is, are we listening? (laughs) He's speaking. Are we listening? Silence is not the absence of something, not a nothingness, but it's a language of the soul in which we can hear, listen, and moves us from the isolation of quietude into the fullness of contemplation to hear the Lord speak to our hearts. Mm. Now, what if that silence scares us, Father? We've only got about 30 seconds here, but if somebody's listening and saying, I don't want to be in that silence, any good advice for them? Yeah, to, to, to just uh, Nike, just do it. <laughs> in the sense that we are probably, what scares us is the isolation. And the reality, though, is that being distracted and being kind of immersing ourselves in the exterior world can be more isolating than we realize. We think we're connecting, but we're not really connecting. True connection is a language of love. And so to, in a sense, embrace the fear of isolation, or at least the challenge of isolation, because on the other side, like walking through the doorway, like like death itself is the fullness of God's presence. If we are bold and courageous enough to enter into that silence. I love that. Thank you for uh, being with us, being our spiritual director today, Father Michael Hurley. In the last 10 seconds here, could I ask you to give our listeners a blessing? Absolutely. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord fill you with His love and His presence. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest there in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, our spiritual director today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining the program. Apologies to those of you who called in and we didn't have time to take your call. But of course, I want to encourage you to, if you missed any part of the program, go back and listen to the podcast at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And have a blessed day. Hope restored, hearts healed. Lives changed. Here's another Relevant Radio miracle moment. Sarah, good morning. Good morning. I just want to start off. Today is my five-year anniversary. My husband and I were on the verge of divorce about three years ago. Um, I was away from the faith for 17 years and started my reconversion. My husband was basically a agnostic, and I just couldn't do it anymore. When I started coming back into the faith, my husband had a massive conversion, and I didn't realize all the saints and the fullness of the faith, and I realized that we got married on St. Anthony's Tuesday. So he's one of them I called upon to help my husband find God, and it worked. And two years ago, my husband and my now 15-year-old son both came into full union with the church. We had our marriage blessed, and my son's foster server, we've taking a pilgrimage to Medjugorje, and this is now a man that used to say, Jesus is my imaginary friend. Well, grab a rosary and ask me to pray a rosary with them when things aren't so great. So, yay. Yay. Hooray. (laughs) Wonderful to have a a wedding anniversary on on a day that, that, like this, that you remember, you know, not only it's your anniversary, but also St. Anthony and uh, you never know. You may not have asked him explicitly for help, but uh, I think he had his eye on you and your husband and your son 
I think he had his eye on you and was interceding for you. Out of coincidence, you got married on his feast day, but I think he didn't take it as a coincidence. He took it as people who would in the future be very devoted to him. So thank you, Sarah. This Miracle Moment was brought to you by you. We're only able to broadcast because of your generous support. Donate safely and quickly online at RelevantRadio.com or by using the Relevant Radio app.